Off the coast of Southeast Africa lies the island nation of Madagascar. Arguably the most unique and diverse location on the planet. Approximately 85% of the plants and animals found here are found nowhere else on Earth. The culture, the people, and the language here, all unique. And so beautiful in so many ways. And yet the poverty here is devastating. More than 70% of Malagasy's live on about one U.S. dollar per day. Join me now as Mark Jacobs spends a few minutes with us. He's from an organization called Seed Madagascar. He loves that island, the people, and the environment. He and his team work diligently to care for and conserve it. He'll tell us all about it today, right here on the Edge of Adventure podcast and radio show. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Mark Jacobs, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much. How are you doing, Adam? Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, I'm based here in Atlanta, Georgia at the moment. You are across the pond, I think outside of London, right? Yeah, just outside London. Um, I'm in a small, what used to be a small town before it got swallowed up by Greater London. Um, but uh, I'm in Bushy um, at the moment, which is Hertfordshire. Well, thanks again for your time. Great to have you joining the program. Tell us just the short version of what Seed Madagascar is and what it does there in Madagascar. Principally, um, Seed Madagascar, it's, it's an acronym, and it stands for Sustainable Environment Education and Development in Madagascar. And we're a British-based charity uh, where most of our staff are actually uh, out in Madagascar. They're Malagasy. The vast majority of our staff are local. And our work is um, very broad-based. We work on sustainable development. Um, so our projects are, are ranging from uh, work which is uh, which is looking at, at community health and sexual health and maternal health and, and all areas of health. Um, it goes through uh, livelihoods works, um, helping communities to generate an income. Um, and it also works on um, education, building schools and, uh, and working on uh, sanitation and water in provision in schools. And then finally, we also work in conservation as well. So a very broad-based charity um, with a UK base and a Madagascar base and um, uh, doing lots, of, uh, lots in the way of projects. We're going to get to know those projects and dig in a little bit deeper. I also think it's important for people to understand how you got involved at Seed Madagascar. And it's an interesting story. Tell us what brought you there the first time and what made you stick around to work with them? Yeah, it was it all started many moons ago. Um, I think probably uh, the, the very start was actually listening to some Malagasy music in a Native American art shop I used to run in Manchester, England. I was sitting and reading the sleeve notes um, of a guy called DeGarry, uh, highly recommended um, if you have a moment to listen. And uh, it talked about his journey across Madagascar to make this music recording. And it really intrigued me. It really whetted my appetite for Madagascar. And I read more into it. 
Um, and with a background of, um, of conservation, I became really intrigued with the biodiversity um, in Madagascar and, uh, and actually ended up putting together an expedition as part of um, my MSc. And it was an expedition to specifically look at tenrics, which are um, spiny insectivorous animals in Madagascar. It took me to a small community in a, uh, in a place called Mangatelu in the southeast of Madagascar. And really, my time in Madagascar, that um, I think was eight months initially, um, you know, back in 1999, in the last century, it was a really moving time where I first fell in love with the biodiversity, the incredible forests, but very quickly fell in love with the people and the communities and, uh, and really felt that, uh, that I would be able to make a difference. And one of the organisations that had supported me and sponsored me going out to Madagascar was actually uh, the organisation which I now run. Um, so when I came back to, um, to the UK, it felt clear that I wanted to give my time to them. So I started volunteering in their UK office. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Really felt a sense of achievement from what we were doing every day. The then director um, decided to move out to Madagascar and uh, put me in charge of the UK base. And uh, slowly he left the organization, putting me in charge. We are talking today on The Edge of Adventure with Mark Jacobs. He's the managing director at Seed Madagascar. So today, as we get to know him and his story, we're also getting to know Madagascar, learning so much. We will be learning so much about it over the next few minutes. And in particular, regarding Seed Madagascar and the ways that they work with the people and make such a positive impact for the people and the environment there in Madagascar. So let's talk about that real quickly. I know that you mentioned there's a few key areas. You guys have projects in community health, livelihoods, environment, and education. Let's start with community health and livelihoods. Tell us a little bit more about those projects. To know a little bit more about them, it's probably good to give you a bit more context in Madagascar about the kind of the health scenario. Uh, Madagascar is an incredibly poor country, um, which is characterized by, by very, very low access so, for example, less than a third of the population have, actually have access to, uh, to safe drinking water. Um, and that results in, in a whole plethora of problems associated with drinking unclean um, drinking water. Virtually every other metric associated with health is, is incredibly low, uh, one of the lowest in, in sub-Saharan Africa. So, you know, access to hospitals, access to primary health care, they all follow the same direction. And our work has been about um, really trying to support individuals and communities to try and get access and get a greater understanding, build their capacity to be able to reach better health. One example of our project is, is a maternal health project. And there's a really frightening statistic about the numbers of mothers that die in childbirth in Madagascar. And our work was all about trying to identify the issues that cause that mortality rate, that maternal mortality rate, at the same time um, as trying to, to fill those gaps and uh, improve the situation. So we were putting people in contact with primary healthcare people. Uh, we did lots of focus groups. We supported people to be able to access uh, the facilities that were there and have worked to try and support and build those facilities. So a lot of work within health, but a lot of our work is also about children in, in health as well and child health. There are issues across Madagascar of, of malnutrition. Um, there are issues of, um, as I say, waterborne disease caused by poor drinking water. Our work is um, also around provision of that, particularly in, in schools, which we'll, we'll talk about um, maybe in a minute. We've built to date 
Um, I think it's about 35 schools. I think the one which we're on at the moment is our 36th school. Very few people have access to schooling in Madagascar. In fact, in, in Fort Dauphin, where we, uh, where we work, around 50% of school-aged uh, children have never been to school at all. And there's many reasons for that. One of the most obvious reasons is that there aren't enough schools and there aren't enough places in the schools that there are. So our work has built um, uh, numerous uh, different schools, as I say, 36, either built or, or renovated. And each school has provision of water, and has provision of sanitation, so that not only are we giving people the, uh, the ability to be able to have a place in a school, in a bench with a teacher, but we're also making sure that they have access to clean drinking water um, and they have access to a, a improved sanitation. And girls now, actually, through our project, have access to a menstrual hygiene unit as well. Um, so they're able to go to school. Um, and again, removing barriers to education, because I think, as we all know, and I'm sure as you've seen, Adam, education really is the best way out of poverty. Mark Jacobs is our guest today. He's the managing director at Seed Madagascar. Mark, talk to me a little bit about the culture of Madagascar. You fell in love with the country, the island, the the people, the uh, environment, all these things. But tell us why. I mean, what 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 is the culture like there? Obviously, we've established that there's great need. But talk to me about the culture and the people. Who are they and what are they like? Sure. Well, um, unique and beautiful would probably be the first two words that I would use. The culture is like nothing, uh, like nowhere else that I've been. I'm, I'm reasonably well-traveled. And um, the culture has incredible warmth and uh, an empathy to it. Uh, virtually everyone you meet really just wants to help and um, is, is pleased that you're there. It's, it's really quite humbling on a day-to-day -day basis. One of the stories which I always remember, actually, um, when I was very first in Madagascar, I was uh, working in a community and um, I was running off into the forest each day to study my tenrex and study the birds. But there was a tradition that uh, we were told about before that, that you should really go and walk through the community every few days and do a thing called Sangat Sangana. It just means have a wander, have a chat. And we would do that and we would go and sit on the, um, on the, on the Mahampi mats, the reed mats that people had. And people would always bring out a gift, you know, a present. And these are people that had absolutely nothing. But they would always bring out a, a banana or two and, uh, you know, give them to you as a, as a gift because that's the way they are. And, uh, and I found it very, very moving. And um, it really left a strong feeling for me that I needed to help these people. There was such a humility. And the culture and the language is, 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 is as, as I say, unique. It actually is um, uh, kind of comes from the Indo-Polynesia. And the language is quite a, um, a simple language in that there aren't um, uh, nearly as many words as European languages. But it's also quite hard to understand because it's the way you use those words um, as opposed to the words that you use. Um, so you can learn some of the basics quite simply, but then the, uh, the, the, the more complex language takes years and years and years. So a beautiful, beautiful culture and uh, an amazing welcoming people who rarely ask for anything but that motivates you to really want to help. So explain the, the challenges that they face are generally what? They're, it's a beautiful people, wonderful culture. What are the challenges they're facing? Well, I suppose that one of the first things that I should mention with regard to challenges is, is it's an incredibly poor country. Um, the World Bank um, 
recently um, did a report uh, which said that Madagascar was the poorest country on earth per capita um, in terms of individuals. Um, that incredible poverty um, is, uh, you can see it everywhere, and even people that are well-traveled are shocked at the level of poverty. I mean, you can see from these pictures, I and mean, here's a perfect example, this is how most people would live in uh, you know, off the grid. Um, there's no running water. Um, there's no electricity. Uh, they're living in, in what is um, essentially a, um, a, a hut, um, and there might be in a hut like that one there, for example, you know, there might be five or six family members they have uh, very low access to, um, as I say, the basics of healthcare or schooling. They're challenged in that their livelihoods tend to be very much um, rural livelihoods based on um, on uh, harvest or agriculture. So it's a, it's a rural agricultural economy. So really, they can only eat what it is that they can grow, and you know that's resulted in in, in mass deforestation as the population of Madagascar grows. So you have less and less um, untouched forest um, and more and more areas which are used for agriculture. But potentially, environmentally, one of the biggest challenges is that the soil in Madagascar, like most tropical areas, is actually incredibly poor. It's very, very poor quality, and it very quickly turns to dust and flows away. So once you've deforested an area, you can plant rice and you might get, you know, three or four seasons out of it, but then you have to move on. And the forest won't come back after that point. And that's what unfortunately is driving the deforestation, which in itself is then further driving poverty because that's where economies are based. So it's a, it's a, it's a double whammy, unfortunately, and, um, and a downward spiral. And that's what, what, what my organisation, Seed Madagascar, is all about. It's about looking at that, that downward spiral of poverty and deforestation and trying to work out how we can interject, but in quite a holistic way, not just dealing with, with health or poverty um, or uh, the environment um, individually, but, but looking at all three because they're all very connected. So let's talk about that, Mark, regarding the way that Seed Madagascar seeks to help change the that downward spiral and change the trajectory of that. It's holistic, right? It's all these different ways that you address the issue. But if you were to boil it down to one, what's your objective? What does Seed Madagascar do on a daily basis there in Madagascar to help? What's the primary objective? Well, our um, our primary objective would, of course, be our vision. Um, and our vision as an organization is to see um, communities and environments thriving um, in Madagascar. So we want to see those impoverished communities being able to, um, to access all the basics. Uh, we want them to be able to access a, a sustainable um, livelihood. We want them to be healthy and be able to feed their children. But above all, we want it to be sustainable so that environments are no longer negatively impacted so that people are able to live with the environment in harmony. It's all about empowerment. It's all about resilience and empowerment and making sure that people um, are able to go through the challenges of life, um, be able to, um, to do it in a, in a dignified way. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and my guest today is Mark Jacobs, getting to know Seed Madagascar, learning a little bit about the, the country. Very, very fascinating. And you can't really talk about Madagascar without talking about how very unique the country is. All right. 
according to um, your website, actually, you've got some interesting facts posted here, and I'm looking at them. It says approximately 95% of Madagascar's reptiles, 89% of its reptile life, 92% of the mammals there exist nowhere else on Earth. And uh, this is this is fascinating. I guess that's part of what drew you there in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was part of the major draw. It's unique. Um, and um, when you look through a list of the scientific names of, um, of uh, Madagascar's plants and animals, you would see that virtually all of them end up in uh, the Latin word Madagascariensis, which means from Madagascar. Uh, you know, around 80 85% of all of the plants and animals that you find. I mean, if you go and, and look into a bush, look into a tree, wherever it might be, anything living, chances are around 90%, you know, 80 to 90% that it's only found in Madagascar. But not only that, um, the chances are um, that it is actually only found in quite a small radius within Madagascar. And it's, and it's because of the way that Madagascar has, um, has separated off from the mainland of Africa. It's often seen as a kind of crazy evolutionary experiment uh, because it broke off from Africa at a point before um, the great apes had evolved, uh, before there were, uh, there were the big cats and before there were the big dogs. So Madagascar, for example, has no cats or dogs that are native. It has the predecessor of cats and dogs, which are mongoose. And it has lots of different types of, um, of mongoose because Madagascar is not big enough for them to evolve upwards. They've evolved outwards. So you end up with this plethora of, uh, of different species um, from the same group. Um, and the same thing happened with lemurs. You know, lemurs probably, the, the, they're the rock stars of, um, of, the, uh, of Madagascar biodiversity. They are um, really the ancestors of the chimps um, that you see in Africa and the and the higher primates, you know, like the uh, like the mongooses, and um, the, uh, the the lemurs evolved into into lots of different areas and niches and to have specialisations. And um, so instead of evolving upwards, they evolved out. And what you ended up with is you've ended up with this unbelievable biodiversity, uh, one of the most important areas on Earth. Uh, for conservation because of this incredibly rich biodiversity. But the poverty uh, in Madagascar is unfortunately um, threatening that biodiversity and, and the forest is being pushed back um, further and further um, every year. Um, it's, a, it's a saddening um, aspect of working in Madagascar that you are, you are never too far away um, from a fire. Um, and usually you can look to the horizons and you can see smoke rising. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to um, uh, to deal with. Mark, I know that Seed Madagascar likes to work with a grassroots group of people, people on the ground that understand they're in Madagascar, that understands the culture and the needs. Tell me about how the organization Seed Madagascar is structured. I know you mentioned you've got some staff there in the UK, and then you've got vast majority of people in Madagascar. Tell me about that. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, our, our organization is, um, is growing all the time. Right now, we are probably around um, 110 people in all that work for the organization. The vast majority of those people, um, around 90%, are local Malagasy people um, who are, are running the organization on the most part. Um, on top of those, um, those people, we have um, a group of um, expats, 
and from all around the world that come along and add value in their particular specific areas so, and support the Malagasy team to be able to work. We're a very family-like team. Everyone talks with everyone. I mean, I'm the managing director, but I know every um, staff member. Um, I meet with everyone in the organisation. And we try and keep a uh, quite a flat structure um, which promotes ideas and ideas sharing. It's a really lovely family-like organisation um, that, uh, that, that work really hard to have the maximum impact. But we've got to stick to our values of passion, um, impact, really trying to um, you know, collaborate together to get the best out of um, what is a very limited resource for Madagascar. The website, it is madagascar.co.uk, madagascar.co.uk. And we're talking today with Mark Jacobs, Managing Director of Seed Madagascar, learning about an amazing country, island, amazing biodiversity, and a great culture, and yet devastating poverty and devastating need. Tell me, how can someone help? You mentioned, obviously, it takes money to make all this stuff go around. So people who would like to donate, certainly I'm sure can do so for madagascar.co.uk. But are there other opportunities? I, earlier, you mentioned volunteering. Is there... Yeah, well, somebody from the U.S. or the U.K. or from some other country wants to help you guys out in some way. How does that work? What does that look like? Well, yes, there's, there's loads of different ways um, to help. And, um, yeah, let's focus on, um, on volunteering opportunities for a moment. We run a program called um, the, the Seed Conservation and Research Program. And it really is a window into our and conservation and research uh, work in Madagascar. It gives people the opportunity to work really at the uh, the coal face, at the cutting edge of um, of our conservation based work. Um, we've got a um, a bush camp um, in Saint Luce, um, which is an, an astonishingly beautiful place. And from that forest base, we work with with local guides and the community, and we're doing a plethora of um, of projects. Just for example, at the moment, we're, we've got studies going on um, on the lemurs. We've got studies on chameleons. Um, we've got studies on the bats um, and various floral studies, as well as having bigger environmental efforts. Uh, for example, we're, we're working on an exciting project at the moment, um, reforesting corridors between forest blocks that have been isolated for many, many years, how Project Alla it's called. And, and what it's doing is it's, it's planting avenues, it's planting corridors of areas where those lemurs can actually move between those forests, repopulate those forests, and in doing so, safeguarding those forests. So volunteers joining our SCRP program um, can actually get out there walk through the forest, work with scientists and work with local communities and be able to um, to be part of that conservation solution, help us study the forest so that we can find solutions like our Project Alla. So that's one opportunity. We do also take groups of people coming out to build schools as well and support on our school building programme. And we're always looking for people to fill longer-term roles as well for those people who really want to get their teeth into the work. Um, we've got a page on our website on careers, and there you can see all of the openings for one-year um, roles that people can get involved in. People going out, um, you know, firsthand, it, it may not be possible for many, 
Um, so there are lots of other ways that people can, can get involved and, and really make a difference in people's lives. You could buy um, stitch produce, by the way, another option. Um, stitch is our embroidery project. Um, working with a women's cooperative and we've we've built their capacity um, and taught people some basic stitching and then they've gone off and done some amazing amazing creations and um, you can buy them from our shop which is also accessible through the website and support that group uh, pulling themselves out of um, out of poverty and people could um, get involved in in specific project funding or or, or getting involved in, in corporate funding Right now, there's a big strain on um, on key projects like our school building. Typically, companies would have supported us um, for school building projects, but um, unfortunately, those opportunities are becoming fewer and further between with COVID um, and people tightening their financial belts. So we're looking for people to uh, to sponsor classrooms, to sponsor water points in school, um, and to help us to to pull these wonderful projects off the shelf back into reality where we can actually get them going again. Talking today with Mark Jacobs, Managing Director there in the UK of Seed Madagascar. And I am going to ask you a question about something I just pulled up on the screen here, the big five. Oh, yeah. What are the big five? I found this very fascinating, but I'm not going to do that great a job of explaining it. So I'm going to ask you the big five. What are they and how does this fit into Seed Madagascar's initiatives there? Absolutely. Well, the big five really, I suppose it's a bit of a parody, really, um, because, of course, if you think of the big five, then you probably think of the big cats. Um, you probably think of the big game in Africa. What we wanted to do is we wanted to uh, to, to highlight the big five of St. Luce, the, the centre of our, um, of our uh, uh, SCRP programme. And um, we wanted to look at, at the individual species that we feel are both environmentally and economically important. So, uh, for example, you have the lobster there, and the lobsters form the livelihood of, uh, of local um, communities. And they are one of the main forms of income, and for that reason, they're one of the stars of the uh, of the show um, because they are economically important, and they're also important for conservation because uh, whilst lobsters themselves aren't endangered, um, the fact that people are collecting lobster means that they're they're uh, collecting less of things like uh, turtles or sharks, for example, which are, of course, um, environmentally incredibly important. So we have a kind of team lobster of those people that are supporting lobsters. And we're hoping that people will donate, support the work and really uh, help us on that front. And then you've got the, uh, the, the collared ground lemur. And as I say, that would probably be rock star of the team. Um, and the brown lemur is, a, is an incredibly charismatic um, lemur. It's a beautiful, beautiful animal, inquisitive. Um, you, you often find them coming down into our forest camps to say hello. Um, they draw the tourists. Um, so not only are they um, are they unique to Madagascar and endangered, um, but they also draw the tourists. So they have an economic, um, you know, importance to local communities. And we've been studying them for many, many years. Um, Brucesia chameleon. This little fella. This is a real cute one. Um, it's actually one of the smallest chameleons on Earth. Um, we've got a study next year which is really looking at, um, at the, these little fellas, and um, we're, we're trying to understand their distribution, their numbers. And, um, again, they're, they're, they're calling them the big five is probably slightly ironic. Um, 
when uh, when the chameleon is one of the smallest, but a, but a particularly lovely uh, lovely little species. And the, the humble honeybee um, in Madagascar, um, it, it, like everything, it has its own um, unique honeybee. Um, economically, incredibly important um, in Madagascar. There is a um, a natural practice of collection of honey. Um, we've been working on our project Reni Tantelli, um, and that project is is working um, with. Uh, people from the community, helping them to uh, to learn bee farming much more efficiently, helping them with support on um, the raw materials which they need, the knowledge which they need, how to split hives, how to treat varroa, the scourge of any um, of any bee farmer at the moment, and um, and for that reason, because of their economic importance um, and their importance, obviously with pollination, bees are one of our big five um, species. I think that the uh, the, the last one is uh, is 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 bats, um, which we haven't uh, which we haven't covered, and, um, and we've been uh, looking at um, uh, very specifically of late at the uh, the big fruit bat, um, and it's a, it's an incredible animal. It's a flying, always known as the flying fox. Our work has been working closely with the community to try and um, preserve um, the roosts of these animals and uh, and save them from disturbance. Um, and there's a real appetite among the community to try and, um, and preserve these. Like all of our projects, it, the, the work with, with bats has got two sides to it. It's not only about conservation, but it's about making sure that, that conservation brings benefits to the community. So as part of the last project, we built a, a viewing platform, which meant that tourists have to pay to go and see these incredible prehistoric bats flying through the trees and they, they pay the community. So the community has an interest to, um, to try and make sure that they're preserving those bats. And we've watched the numbers increase um, of those bats since we've been doing that work. So really, the big five is about encouraging people to learn, um, to donate, and um, to become part of the, uh, of the fight for conservation and livelihoods in Madagascar and to, uh, to hopefully join us, uh, join up the seed family. Um, in uh, in being able to have an incredible impact on an amazing and unique place. You're listening to The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. My guest today is Mark Jacobs, joining us from Seed Madagascar. We're learning about Madagascar, learning about the wonderful organization that Seed Madagascar is, all that they do for the people and, and the environment there and the, just their heart for the culture. And if you'd like to find out more information, we are going to refer you to their website, madagascar.co.uk. That's madagascar.co.uk. You can also look them up on social media, all across social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and so forth. You will find them at Seed Madagascar. And I highly suggest you look them up and experience Madagascar through their platform. And if you feel called to help, you should. Get on board, help them out. And if nothing else, what I like to say is at least reach out to them and encourage them. Let them know you see them, you appreciate what they're doing, and just encourage them. So, Mark, let me ask you, what do you love about Madagascar? What do I love about Madagascar? There's so many things that I love about, um, about Madagascar. I think that it would have to come down to the joy of working with a Malagasy team. I think that there's a real sense of love for community in Madagascar, which is something which we seem to have lost, um, you know, to a degree here in the UK. There's a sense of responsibility. The people that work with us from the Malagasy team are um, 
they're proud um, to be serving their community. They're proud to be a part of, of positive change. And, um, and you see that motivation and that passion every day and it emanates and it, um, it, it leaks out to us internationals uh, with our slightly more cynical and, and staid ways. I've spent 20 years learning, you know, from Malagasy people. I think that that is potentially the thing. It's the, it's the people that I work with that I love the most. And if there's something about what you see, something about what you know, pertaining to Madagascar, you're obviously driven to make a difference. You care about the people. You love the culture, the biodiversity, all these things. But um, what is it that really breaks your heart? The kind of thing that just doesn't maybe sit well and perhaps it also motivates you to do more. What about this could be better and isn't? As I've got older, um, you know, I've, I've traveled a real, a real journey um, you know, with Madagascar and with my with my Malagasy, you know, friends and workmates. You know, when I started um, in Madagascar, I was a kind of a young, kind of eighteen year old, not much in the way of um, of, uh, of personal responsibilities. You know, I, as I've got older, I've got married, I've had kids, and um, nowadays um, when I go out to Madagascar, in every child I see my children. To see children in, in that level of poverty wearing rags um, with distended bellies um, from the parasites, um, you know, very, so little food on the table, which breaks my heart every time. I, I never could never become hardened to it. And as I get older and, and perhaps even more sentimental uh, and can relate to the injustices that have, that have led um, to that situation, um, and the, the 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 differences that have led to that situation, it makes me sad and it makes me angry and it makes me motivated to want to to change that situation and to be part of of that change. Mark Jacobs, my guest today, he is the managing director at Seed Madagascar, a guy who has spent twenty plus years on this particular project and uh, his entire life on these kinds of things. So. Thank you, Mark, for your time today. I want to encourage everybody, check them out. Again, my admonition is learn more about them, learn more about Madagascar with them and from them. And you can do so start at madagascar.co.uk, madagascar.co.uk, or look them up on social media, across social media, at Seed Madagascar. Share their content out. Make sure more people find out about them. Mark, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your time today. I mean, I know it just scratches the surface. There's so much more to to discuss, but thank you for the time today. And I'll just uh, give you the opportunity if you had one thing or you want to share with the the audiences um, your uh, parting words. What would it be? Thank you. It would be thank you. And my uh, my my last thought would be somewhere out there. There's someone listening um, that is thinking right now. God, I wonder if I should do that. I wonder if I should get involved. I wonder if I should, if I should sponsor a classroom or I should join one of those teams. Do it. It'll change your life for the better. Um, and it will certainly change people in Madagascar's life for the better. Very well said. Thank you, brother. Mark Jacobs from Seed Madagascar, my guest today right here on the Edge of Adventure podcast. Thanks, Mark. We'll have you back on in a, a few weeks or months, get an update, see how you guys are doing. Fantastic. Thanks, Adam. It's been a pleasure. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid 
to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Thank you.